0: Hi, I'm Lisa, Compulsive Overeater. Hi. Hi, Hi, thank you so much for asking me It's a real honor to be leading this meeting. So I guess just to qualify, I came into program, um, it was around Halloween sometime, almost 10 years ago. So it'll be 10 years around Halloween this year. And this January, I took a candle for nine years, and that's um, nine years from binging, sugar, refined sugar um that's basically my absence. no binging no sugar no fine sugar um so let's see i guess i'll just stick to the what it was like what happened what it's like now so what it was like i i think that food stuff probably started i don't even know i i really remember the binging at around 11 12 years old my parents my parents split up when i was nine and um Things got really chaotic. You know, my dad um, moved out, and he he met my stepmother shortly thereafter. And um, they were living together within a year. And she's stuck around, so on that level, it's been stable. My mom um, started dating, and there was just a lot of dating and a lot of sort of chaos in the house. And um, I started eating. And I would come home from school. I was, I guess they call a latchkey kid and um and I would binge I would just come home and binge and I just felt there was just always a sense of feeling really uncomfortable and really um alone like my mom I felt like she was very caught up in her thing and what she was going through and just felt very separated and very very alone I had a little brother and he would kind of do his thing and I remember being in the kitchen and just eating cookies and ice cream and eating till I was going to pop and that was kind of what I did and um it went on for a really long time I um I my weight was up and down um but it went on for a really long time and um you know just an example some of the stuff that was going on at home my mom was got involved with this man and they were together for a couple of years and they were together, they weren't together, they were together, they weren't together yelling and just all this stuff. And I was at my dad's for the weekend and I came home and he wasn't there. And I said to my mom, it's him or us. If you want to stay with him, then my brother and I are going to go live with daddy. And she never saw him again. And I that was definitely on my fourth step. It's like to have to do that at 12 years old, you know, like that's what I had to do at 12 years old. So. There was just a lot of growing up I had to do. My mom, you know, she talked to me about a lot of stuff she shouldn't have talked to me about as a kid. And I ate. And that's what I did to cope. You know, I ate. And um, as I got older, you know, I got into high school and things settled down. She met my stepfather and she kind of became a good mom again. She sort of became present again and things settled in for her and things got better at home. Um, But by then, I was already in the food. You know, I was still used to coping with food and self-medicating, and that's what I did. I was up and down, up and down. Um, I somehow got into exercise at some point. I don't know when. I don't really qualify for exercise bulimic, but I definitely used exercise, no doubt. Um, So, let's see. I, um, I got to college, and, yeah, it was just a nonstop party with other stuff and food and you know my weight was up and down up and down and I'll fast forward to moving to Los Angeles I am I'm from the East Coast and i from Toronto actually and I moved out here 2002 um, and my father came down to visit and or actually i met him in las vegas he was going to a trade show and i met him in las vegas and one of my favorite things in the entire world prior to absence was m&m's and if any of you've ever been to las vegas there's an m&m store that is like beyond it's like it's like being in the caribbean if you like the ocean like it's it's crazy i walked in there and it was like oh you know like it's just this beautiful wall to wall of m and M's. so i was like crazier than a loon and so my dad and i go to this place and i get this huge bag not for me for my mom he's going to send it home with my mom I didn't eat any it was fine so two days I'm like obsessing about M&M's and we're going to go see David Copperfield so I'm like okay, dad we're going to go back to the M&M store we're going to get this bag of M&M's we're going to watch it we're going to eat the bag while we watch David Copperfield and my dad's like are you sure you want to do this like he knows how nuts I get with this I'm like totally fine like the plan binges were always going to be fine they were always going to be fine so we run, it's like raining, it's dramatic, we get to the store, I fill this bag, I'm all excited, I'm standing in line, and I pop one in my mouth. And the feelings of revulsion and self-hatred and disgust and shame just separate. right in. And I put the bag down. And I said, Dad, we've got to get out of here. I don't want the M&Ms. He's like, you need therapy. I'm like, I know, I know. I'm crazy. I know. And so that's what started happening about a year before program. I said, I couldn't binge anymore. It was just one bite. And I was I was done. One bite. And I just was, I was in the self-hatred after one bite. And um, so, I don't know, about six months maybe after that, um, this couple moved into my building. And they were the craziest couple. He was not sober. He was in and out of AA and popping pills and doing crazy drugs and she was as Al-Anon as they come and anorexic and loved them both. I was friends with them together separately. He wasn't working and for whatever reason I really connected with him and her but I would sit there and for whatever reason I started telling him about the food stuff. God knows why but I, I just did and I told him how crazy I was with sugar and he's like do you believe in a higher power and I'm like I don't know what the hell's is that. So He started sort of, he kind of at me, you know, he's like, we'll go to an AA meeting. And I sort of thought, well, maybe I can just substitute the sugar for the alcohol and blah, blah, blah. But we never went to a meeting. Um, He wasn't, you know, working a program and we never went. And I just sort of thought I wasn't big at the time. I was a a little heavier than I am now, but not much at that time. And kind of thought everyone, overeaters, anonymous, everyone's 600 pounds and it's not my place. But I eventually got to a meeting and... I came to my first meeting, and I sat next to someone that I'm still friends with, and um, and I just related right away. You know, the speaker talked about putting down sugar, and she hadn't had sugar in some crazy amount of years, and I remember thinking, like, I thought you guys were going to teach me how to eat sugar like a normal person, not how to abstain from it. That's crazy. So I got to my first meeting, and um, and I stayed. You know, I just stayed, and I... <sighs> I wore turtlenecks every day for, like, four months in meetings. I felt so naked and so exposed. I didn't talk. I mean, I would speak to people after the meeting, but sharing, like, this... I used to come to meetings. I used to go to Serenity Sunday all the time, and I would be horrified for the speaker. Like, how on earth can you get up here and speak in front of people about your deepest, darkest, most shameful secrets? And the food was just such a shameful thing for me. Um, So, I got a sponsor, and... um, I started working the steps, and it's interesting, you know, I put down the sugar, and this is sort of a side thing that kind of was my experience. You know, I'd always been a very normal drinker. Drinking was never a problem. I certainly had my share of partying and going out in college and drinking too much, but it was never an issue, and um, I put down the food, I put down the sugar, and I, the drinking just opened up like I would never seen it open before, and I started going out more, and that feeling of not being a normal drinker kind of set in, like I just wanted to keep drinking. And um, after about six months of that, where I was drinking like I'd never drank before in my life, I stopped drinking for, I had a sponsor tell me that I needed to stop. And I did. I stopped for about six months. and, um, And then it all just went back to normal. So luckily, I can just sort of continue with that. And it's fine. Um, but during that period, I gained 20 pounds. You know, I came into program at, um, you know, like I said, not much heavier than I am now. I gained 20 pounds. My clothes were bigger, or my clothes were tighter, and um, I remember going to, this is probably, I don't know, a year into program. I went to Century City to buy new pants, and I tried on the next size up and they didn't fit and I was just like this is fucking bullshit this is not working like this is not happening and I refused to try on the next size up and I was standing in front of Godiva chocolates thinking this is done like I'm done it was better before like binging a few times a week like just kind of restricting a little bit exercising a lot that was better and I stood there staring at Godiva chocolate for like 20 minutes and somehow my little feet just managed to get to the car and I didn't do it and I just stuck around and um and I had to really work with those that 20 I'd, I'd been that weight before I just wasn't that weight when I came into program so you know the process of um you know working the steps all the stuff was coming up that I was eating over for years you know having to deal you know doing a four step and going back to deal with the stuff with my mother and stuff with all these other things that were so painful and so hard to do and you know four steps are so great and they're so cleansing but for me when I was in it it was really hard like I remember doing four steps and doing a couple hours of writing and then like laying on my couch and watching like reruns of Sex and the City or Friends or something just to like space out for an hour and just you know it was they were just really hard um And so the process of me with that weight, you know, for me, when I'm carrying extra weight, and I think a lot of us experience this when you're, when you're hating your body and you're in resentment, what do you want to do? You want to friggin' eat, right? And that's not going to get the weight off. So, you know, I had to really every morning just pray like, God, please help me love and accept my body as it is today. Please, God, help me make healthy food choices today. Help me not be defined by my body. Help me just get out there and be a good person just for today, you know, and and that really I had to do that every single day and just really try and like let my body go, you know, just let it. somehow disconnect from it a little bit and just trust that it was going to be okay and that I could still be me and I was still okay even carrying this extra weight and eventually the weight came off um but it was a really painful process you know I actually when I found out my weight I hadn't weighed myself in a really long time and I was at the doctor's office and she weighed me and I was like your scale is definitely broken and I made her get on the scale she's like no no it's it's good it's fine and it was really upsetting (laughs) but um you know, that's just one of the things that came up in program. Um, So, let's see, from program, I, um, you know, so in the last few years, you know, after I had a few years of abstinence, I, um, I decided I wanted to go to grad school. And, you know, my undergraduate experience was, you know, I certainly had a fun time, but I wasn't really present at all. I mean, I was I was a daydreamer in class. Like, that's what I did. I was on a beach somewhere far away with, you know, Brad Pitt or whoever. I wasn't focusing on the lecture. I was not a good student. I would binge. I would smoke cigarettes. I would, you know, do whatever I could do to not, to not study. And my grades were pretty mediocre. My last couple of years were okay when I went back. Um, but, you know, fast forward like eight, nine years later, I decided to go to grad. I want to go to grad school. And um, yeah. I went to, um, The college i wanted to go to and i met with the advisor and i was in the field and had been in the field for quite some time but i wanted i wanted to get this graduate degree and he said you're not going to get in you don't have the grades to get in and i said look 30 years old i know i can do this work i know like what do i have to do to get in and he said you need to take these classes if you take these classes you know and show us that you can do well you'll have a better chance of getting in so i took these classes and i've never been so driven and so like I just worked so hard in these classes and I I did really really well and I got into the program and that is a direct result of this program you know being able to focus and study and spend my entire weekend studying I would get up at 7 and I would study all day long I would take a break maybe go to the gym if I went out on a Saturday night I'd go for a quick dinner I wasn't up late I wasn't drinking I wasn't you know I was just so focused and That was not my experience in undergrad. You know, I had mostly A's, a couple B's in there, but it was just such an amazing journey. And I remember my last year I um, I was taking some really, really tough classes and I was having tremendous anxiety and actually was coming up as I wanted to start smoking again. I'd actually quit smoking eight or nine years ago. And um, and so I'd be walking to get these grades and I'd be like, "Okay, God, here we go. Whatever the grade is, I'm not going to die and it's going to be okay. And, you know, for me, having this, this fellowship and having a higher power and just having a place to put the fears and anxieties, you know, in the food and outside of recovery, there's nowhere for me to put these fears, these anxieties, these resentments. I just put it into food. I don't want to deal with it. I just shove them down with food. And now in recovery, I still have fears. I still have anxieties. I still have all these feelings. And now I turn to God and to a sponsor and fellows and sponsorship and the tools and steps and all these things. And now there's a place for them to go. And that has helped me, you know, get through grad school and get through all these amazing things in my life. Um, I also got married in this program. I think some of you might have been here last week and heard my husband. Um, So I liked you guys so much, I thought I'd marry one of you, you know. um, (laughs) That was not the plan, but somehow you know that's how it worked out and um and that's a real miracle you know to be with someone who's also in recovery and and to be able to show up for a relationship it's a real gift and um you know being able to get pregnant and um had a baby and was able to have a pregnancy that was really healthy and really abstinent my food was super clean and Um, I had a really great pregnancy I gained a lot of weight but that was just where my body went it was not from eating pizzas and chocolate cake you know it was from eating really clean and that's just where my body went and um, and I was natural I was able to have natural childbirth Um, one of a very very dear friend of mine in program um, I took her birthing class her natural birthing class and she was my doula and you know I remember being in labor and You bring God into it. It's like, how do you have natural childbirth? I don't friggin' know. Like, you just, I don't know. I mean, you prepare as much as you can, and you bring God into it. And I remember every contraction, it's like, okay, God, here we go. And then you go, and then you have a break for three minutes. Okay, let me just breathe. It's like I couldn't see. Someone said to me, like, did you want, did you think about having an epidural? Yes, there were definitely in my state of, yes, there were thoughts of drugs, but it was easier just to breathe, it's to talk and communicate and wait and to do all that seemed harder than just breathing into what was coming. And um, and I was able to do it, and I really feel like that's also a direct result of this program and having that faith and. Trusting my body and just trusting having the supports that I needed, you know, having having my my very close friend there with me and really being able to trust the process. I feel like this program gives me trust and it gives me all these things that I didn't have before, you know, just being able to do all these things that seem so unmanageable and so crazy to me that I just can now do. Um, and then having a baby and being able to show up for this little girl that is just such a gift I mean there's nothing like it Um, she's just such a gift such a love and um, you know being able to be the mother that you know that I want to be the mother that I want to be and I think learning from my upbringing and learning from program and you know all these things that I want to be for her I feel like you know in my upbringing you know I have a good I have a good I have a good family they you know there was issues there along the way but I have a pretty good family and I felt like with my mother, and I think with a lot of us, you know, we want to give our kids everything. There's like this thing I always think about. We, you want to give your kids wings so that they can fly, and you want to give them as many great experiences and be there and show them the world and do all these great things and let them fly and do what they want to do. And I feel like my mother tried to do those things for me, but ultimately she wanted to be the captain. She wanted to direct the plane where she wanted it to go. And I feel like with my daughter, like I'm very aware of that and I feel like I want to give her everything and show her everything and be there for her as much as I can, but ultimately to let her be in charge of her own destiny. And I feel like that was what was smothered on me was that I had to kick and fight my way to doing what I wanted to do with with my mother. And I really, there's certain things that, you know, I just have learned through life and how I want to parent my daughter. And again, that's just, to these rooms, and learning how to be a, a different person, and how to not give advice all the time, and how to control, and I definitely want to control, not so much her, more my husband, um, but, um, you know, it's, these rooms help with that, and um, such a gift, so, is that five minutes? Five minutes, okay, so, you know, where I am today, um, you know, there's a lot going on today, I'm... Started up a business about eight months ago, and um, I'm—it's not where I want it to be. You know, I want to be crazy, crazy busy, and I'm not. I am still taking as much action as I can take. I'm networking a ton, which has sort of become the job I'm doing. Two <coughs> days a week, I have a nanny, so Tuesdays and Thursdays I'm out there networking and trying to just meet as many people as I can and getting the word out and starting to do talks and. Um, And this has been a real act of faith, you know, every day, not every day, but most days I pray and just try and trust God, you know, help me stay in faith and patience through this incredibly slow process and, you know, trusting that it's what I'm supposed to be doing and that it's all going to work out okay and it's really scary and, you know, wallowing in fear and all these things aren't going to make the business fly it's just not and having you know these rooms and a sponsor and and higher power really helps just connect with this process and talking to other people that have also started a business and what's their experience and how did they do it and how do you deal with the fears or this or that and that's what kind of helps me keep going you know and it's like I feel like there's the prayer and meditation and then there's the action and that's what this program teaches me you know you want to stay in faith and stay in god's will but you also have to take action and so that's what i'm trying to do is stay in god's will and take a ton of action to make this happen and um I guess more will be revealed and um you know thinking about having another baby and um all these things it's all really good things and that's really just a direct result of this program um you know, I sponsor, I have a sponsor, um, I try to get to a couple meetings a week, I have a commitment at a meeting, um, what else do I do? You know, I I pray a lot in the mornings, um, I'll read for today, I'll read a 24-hour meditation book, I'll often write a letter to God, and I try to sort of ask God to keep me in the, you know, to keep me outside the, you know, please keep me in faith and patience and, Um, acceptance gratitude you know and I can just stay in faith acceptance gratitude patience I just I'm a much nicer person calmer person I'm easier to be around and I just feel better you know it's easier to show up for my baby and for my husband and for everybody else that's out there and um so that's what I try to do on a daily basis and um you know there's just a lot of gratitude for this program you know it's such a great group of people and a lot of people that I know here I probably would never have met or become friends with outside of these rooms. And some of them are just the most amazing people. Um, I made a lot of close friends. Um, one of my bridesmaids was, you know, from program. And just a lot of really, really wonderful women that I've met. And men, so I'm married ones. So obviously, there's some good guys in here, too. Um, and that's sort of my story. I, um, how much more time do I have? Um, for 45 a minute and 45 what else can I see in a minute and 45 um, I uh, I don't know I think I'm just gonna take your questions but thank you so much for having me and thank you. time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Please remember if you you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay. Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. How did you program how do you deal with people-pleasing behaviors that belong to different people-pleasing? How that... The question is, how did my people-pleasing change once I came into program? Um, I don't think I was much of a people-pleaser. <laughs> I think I actually had to sort of work on being a little nicer as I came into program, quite honestly. I think I was, especially in the food, I would shut down. I was just not... I, it's not that I was a mean person, but I think coming into program has helped me actually become nicer. The people-pleasing now, it definitely still can baffle me sometimes. Like, at what point is it people-pleasing versus taking care of myself? It's still a tough one for me. I think anytime time I'm uncertain about certain situations, um, I really go to my sponsor. I pray about it. And usually through prayer and talking to her, I'll get some clarity on specific situations. Um... But I try to find that balance, which is hard. I don't know if that answers your question, but okay. <coughs> so, <coughs> okay, so the question is, do either of my parents have food issues? Um, my mother does. Yeah, she. Um, she. It's funny. I don't remember this, but she claims when I was really young, she was eating a lot and I came up to her and said why are you so sad why are you eating so much I have no recollection of that as when she was much younger she was before I was born she was heavy and my grandmother apparently would drag her in front of the mirror and tell her she was sad and put her on diet pills when I was growing up she was always thin, much thinner than I was and um, you know in the last I mean she's Actually, it's her birthday today. She's 64. Probably in the last 20 years, she's been carrying extra weight, and now she's she struggles a lot now. Yeah, but my dad does not. He's does not. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. How do I bring? So the question is, how do I bring the concept of service into my business? Um, it is a service type of business, and so you know, really trying to communicate how I can help them and do you mean in a god sort of way like so um looking at it from a spiritual standpoint of how i can communicate to them bringing god into it without actually saying that to them because they that's not i couldn't really do that (laughs) um but it is a sort of it's a helping it's a helping it's a helping type of business and um air meditation and networking and trying to see how I can help them as well and not just keeping it trying keeping it two sided that you know I'm reaching out to others to get on referral lists but also I need referral lists and trying to just keep it keep it God driven I guess and trying to keep conscious of that Um, trying to stay connected through the process of doing it and trying to I don't know keep it mindful that way does that answer your question <laughs> sort of no um, yeah hi, hi. Um, thank you so much how do you deal with sugar and your daughter I deal with sugar and my daughter that's a funny question because my daughter's not into sugar, oddly enough. We don't really keep it in the house, but her birthday party, we offered her cake. She spit it out. You know, we get frozen in <laughs> She spits it out. She doesn't want anything to do with it. She'll eat an animal cracker here and there. I don't offer her lots of it, but if we're at a birthday party or I gave her a cookie on Halloween, we were at a party and she was had a cookie she takes a bite and either spits it out or takes one bite and puts it down and has absolutely no desire she doesn't get that from me or my husband so I don't know she gets that from. but that's something that will be really challenging for me you know how you deal with it it's oh well I think I have so many years off of it that I don't really want to live with it in my house When I was getting married, we had a lot of out-of-towners come in. And so my husband and I went to Costco and bought all this crap to make little gift bags for the hotels. And we got this huge jar of chocolate almonds, and I was, like, smelling it. Like, it was just not, like, I I don't really want it in my house. So I don't know what's going to happen when she's only 20 months. So I don't know what's going to happen when she's older. And I have to live amongst different things. So that will be something that I'm going to reach out to other people that have that experience. Right now, it's fine. It hasn't been an issue, and um, I want to keep a relatively healthy house anyway, but I also don't want to restrict her, so I don't know. That'll just be something that I'll have to kind of see how it comes. Yeah. How do I keep boundaries with my husband being in program? Um, Is there any specific boundaries or just working a program is your question? okay um, you know we're I'm we're both pretty respectful of each other's programs and sometimes one of us will nudge the other one to get to a meeting or call your sponsor you're acting crazy so I think on those levels I mean it's pretty open I don't think there's any major like secrets going on I think um, we both struggle with different things um, you know I tend to struggle more with I could gain three pounds and feel insane in my body and be in self-hatred and I eat too much and I feel disgusting and he doesn't deal with that the same way that I do Um, but yeah I think we're both I don't think we have we'll we'll pray together sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's pretty open there's not really sometimes it's hard like he maybe wants to go to a meeting at night and i want him to come home and help with dinner with emma and just to sort of be there and i have to kind of okay he needs to go to a meeting just let him be and and sometimes i have to pause with that or i want to control his food and i have to my sponsor then tells me i need alan on and i'm open with a lot of these things you know with him i i make amends and he's like it's fine honey i know you just do it because you love me and um and and i'm honest about it with my sponsor and um so it's pretty it hasn't really been a major issue. Um, it's, it's hard with time, though, because, you know, we're both. Well, I'm sort of working and he's working and we have a child and trying to get to meetings and see friends and do all these things. So time is sometimes hard and getting to the meetings and working our program sometimes is hard. But um, I think we're both pretty supportive. <clears throat> How do you sort of So what I do on a daily, so what do I do on a daily basis is um, I, I, oftentimes I pray and meditate. So I read for today, I read um, another 24-hour meditation book. I'll say some prayers, set aside prayer, the seven-step prayer, third-step prayer. And I often write a letter to God, Um, whatever is going on, I'll just check in and then I'll sit Usually not more than five minutes because I have a child in the other room that needs to, I need to go get her or whatever. It's just there's not a lot of time in the morning. I could get up earlier, but I don't. Um, so that's kind of what I do. I'll check in with my sponsor, um, try to get to a meeting once or twice a week. Um, and then how yeah, the second part was how I work the program around starting a business and that's the steps. The step. How are you working the steps in general? Okay. With the business in mind. No. Oh, just in general. Okay. So I am on I'm currently working step 11 and um, it's yeah just working step 11 and also trying to do the 10 steps more at night which is definitely not happening as much as it should I actually wanted to share on I forgot to mention this talking about the steps Um, when I you know when I did my ninth step I made an amends to my dad and That was really one of the more profound experiences I had in this program. I had always carried, and part of me probably still does, a resentment against my my stepmother, in that she's always been super nice and fine and everything's fine, but she didn't take an interest in me like I would have liked. Even, like, you know, I'm getting married, never call, what's your dress like? Like, no, she doesn't call. Like, I could call her and she'll sit on the phone with me for an hour, but she just does not participate in my life like I want her to. And I've always fought with my dad about this and sort of had this resentment and blaming him for it and and all these other things and so I had to make an amends to him and he came out to visit and um we were down at the ocean I'm super super close to my dad incredibly close to my dad and there's certain things we're close about everything except that talking to him about my stepmother does not go well ever and um and so we're at the beach, and I'm planning to make this amends, and I'm, like, anxious this could be, and, I, and we're walking, and I keep stopping, and he's like, why are you stopping? We Okay, we'll keep going, we start, and I'm, like, I stop, and he's like, why are you stopping? I'm like, Dad, um, I, and then finally, I just got the words out that, you know, I wanted to make amends for this, and he said what I've wanted him to say all these years once I made the amends, and it was really profound, like, it was just such an amazing experience to be able to kind of own up to my part and kind of get from him what I wanted all these years, which I couldn't get from just strangling and being mad and kicking and screaming, you know, it was like, I remember someone saying in program to me when I first came in that relationships are like sand, you know, if you put them in your hand and you hold your hand like this, it'll stay in the palm of your hand forever. But when you hold on too tightly, the sand just seeps through your fingers. And that was sort of my experience with my dad and and with a lot of people. It's like when you just don't, if you hold on so tight and just fight it so much, you don't get the results that you want. But when you're just sort of open and sort of, you know, then then those results come. And that was sort of my experience with that particular step and working a lot of the steps. Um, now it's definitely challenging, you know, finding the time and the energy to do it is hard. But, um, you know, I think starting this business has brought on a whole new level of anxiety and i've really had to turn back to the program a lot to deal with that anxiety and working the steps is part of that you know being willing to take the time to do the steps um and just show up for it you know i guess there's another fellowship with business owners that someone suggested i go to and part of me wants to roll my eyes and like another program i don't have time but i'm gonna go and just check it out and i think that willingness you know, helps me and just kind of gets me where I want to go. So, yeah. I said, what did, what did your dad say? So what did my dad say? That was the response I always want? I think I just wanted him to acknowledge that it had been really hard. So any time I talked to him about my stepmother, he just would defend. He just wouldn't really hear me or listen. He would just defend her. And... um he just sort of said, I know it's been really hard for you. I know you don't have the relationship you want with her, and I know that must have been really painful for you. And I think him just acknowledging that and not just defending her, but hearing what I was saying um, just made it so much better, you know, and just to be heard. There wasn't anything... I didn't. He didn't need to say anything bad about her. She's not a bad person, but it was just him acknowledging my feelings never really happened. He's not that kind of guy. He's not a, he doesn't get why I come to program. Like he's not a communicative, let's talk about our feelings kind of guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Very supportive in every area, except the family stuff. He can't deal with that. When you first came into program, you said that you would like, you know, ask a new thing for you or have you ever done that? Okay. So the question is when I first came into program, Was that a new thing, asking God for help and how did I know he was listening? So when I came into program I definitely was like, There's no God, that's crazy. There's no one listening to me talk about my food problems and that doesn't exist and all these other things in the world and if there was a God, why is there blah blah blah? And so my sponsor just said to me, Why don't you just act as if? Why don't you just act as if? Just pretend there is a God. And I was willing to do that. And I remember the first time I got down on my knees and it was, I felt it I felt the connection right away as soon as I did it and got out of the debating society I just felt the connection and um, and I was so I was in so much pain with all this stuff and I saw so many bright shiny faces at these meetings in a normal body and people that were married and doing what they wanted to be doing that I just trusted the process and I just was so willing to do it and I did feel a connection right away and I did feel and the fact is is that you know if you want to get into a scientific debate with me, eh, I don't know. Is there a God? I don't know. But when I just ask that there is one and have this faith that there is one, I just feel better. My days are better. Everything's better. And I like having a faith. I like that there's a God out there. Um, I like that. I can turn to that. It just makes me feel better. And I think it makes a lot of us feel better. And I think I encourage that also with sponsees just to pretend, you know, right. There's some stuff we do here, like write a a want ad for your God and, you know, write a list of things you want in a higher power and, and act as if it's there. And, and I was able to really connect with that and feel that, which was really um, helpful in my recovery. Yeah. I think maybe one more short question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Have I ever had a friend leave OA and relapse and what that's like? Um, One of my best friends has left OA and she's, she's you know, she doesn't live here anymore. She came in to visit recently and um she claims she's fine I, she's heavier no doubt and she told me she's heavier I, I haven't had any major relapses or any major things go on um with anyone that I was close to? I've certainly witnessed it in the rooms um actually that's not true I have two friends that do reach out over relapses um yeah, it's hard. It's definitely, it's such a baffling disease, I think. I do have two friends, and both of them really struggle through pregnancy and, um, and giving birth, and then um, after the birth, dealing with not being able to get back to it and carrying all this extra weight, which is really hard after birth. You know, after I gave birth, the next day, my husband asked me if there was another one in there. I was like, thanks, honey. That's so nice. Thank you. And it just takes time. You don't walk out of the hospital back in your old jeans. You just don't. It took nine months to gain the weight, and it's going to take time to, to lose it. And um, But my experience was that it was fine. You know, I was lucky that the food was fine. The weight, I eventually got right down to my pre-pregnancy weight, and, and it was fine. So I've just been trying to be supportive and um but it's definitely painful. It makes me realize that you could lose it at any point. You know, it's sort of a daily reprieve. And some of us, I guess, are luckier than others. I don't know. I work a stronger program. I don't know. It's um, it's hard. I mean, just try to be supportive to them and share what I can. And I don't know. Sure. I think we're... Is that it? or 50 seconds. <laughs> any short ones or... Nikki? I don't know if I know how to phrase this. Um, do you struggle at all with um, feeling guilty about your blessings and how to kind of face this that are because I feel guilty about my blessings? Yeah. Because you feel like, wow, I got a lot from all of this. So do I feel guilty about my blessings and how to proceed? You <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that what I've learned is that I have a lot of blessings in this area and in the spiritual side of things and, in you know, getting married and having a baby. There's a lot of really beautiful blessings and I find that everybody has their own stuff. So I have blessings in this area but but there's other areas I struggle in. You know, building this business, finances are stressful and someone else that's struggling in this area might have this big, beautiful house and finances are easier and so we all sort of have our own areas and I just try to take what I have and work towards the rest and support other people where I can in their endeavors and um, um, and just stay in gratitude and try just to be grateful for what I have and keep pushing towards the areas I don't and kind of support the people in my life that are struggling to help them achieve what they want, if that makes sense. Okay, thank you. Um, now it's-